Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Though it may be well-intentioned, nothing is more hollow and frustrating at times than when you're having a hard day and someone flippantly says, oh, cheer up, it'll get better, uh, this will pass. Uh, because at that moment, you're in the middle of it. It's hard to see on the other side, and really, just someone saying cheer up doesn't make you cheer up, except, except when the Lord himself speaks to you and brings his joy in the middle of your circumstance. We return today to the middle of Acts chapter 27, to the middle of a, a storm uh, that the Apostle Paul is in with lots of other people, and it is very difficult, and yet in the middle of that, the Lord brings his cheer. You remember recently in our study, in a previous chapter, uh, we came across this expression, be of good cheer. And I said to you, it's one of the great emphases in Paul's life. It's one of the great emphases in the New Testament. Well, we return to it yet again today. We've already talked about uh, what it means to be a cheerful Christian and to have cheer over fear. Well, here we are again. Uh, it's, it's like the, the great cycles of life repeating themselves and the great spiritual lessons being learned again and again and again. Acts chapter 27, beginning in verse number 12, says, And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix, and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and the northwest, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. I don't know if you've ever been in a great storm, I mean a real storm, if you've ever been in the middle of the ocean uh, when the, the storm comes because it's a frightening thing. Uh, you have no power over it. You have no power to change it. And you learn something about the power of wind and the power of water and the power of a storm. Uh, by the way, I'll remind you, that is all the power of our God being exhibited here. And sometimes you're in the middle of it and you can't change it. I've heard lots of people take this passage and talk about the, the weather part of it and uh, the, the physical part. I've heard other people take it and spiritualize uh, every part of this story. But today, I want to concentrate on the simple fact 
that Paul is in the middle of one of the most frightful experiences of his lifetime. In fact, he's to the point of despair. The Bible says all hope that they would be saved was taken away. And it's at that moment we come to verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, we should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them which that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Here it is a second time. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. The Bible says that there was a period of long abstinence. That doesn't just mean that he didn't eat or drink, though I'm certain he was fasting. This is a period where he's alone with God because in his own words, in his own testimony, the Lord was with him. God spoke to him. He talked to God. God talked to him. And out of that time alone with God, God gave him fresh courage. That is literally what the word cheer here means. Uh, It is this idea of fresh courage and joy being put on the inside. It is the kind of cheer that circumstances cannot change and man cannot give you. It's not human. It's divine. It's not just some temporary fix. It is eternal truth coming to your heart. And here's the phrase. It's found in verse 22, and it's found again in verse number 25. Be of good cheer. So the question is, how? How do you find that kind of cheer? How do you speak with that kind of confidence? How do you gain that kind of courage in the midst of the storm? Let me give you two thoughts. First of all, there is good cheer in God's presence because Uh, That's really what this grew out of. Circumstantially, you may be in a storm, but spiritually, you can be in God's presence. You can be resting. You can be quiet on the inside. Uh, He says to them, uh, the Lord stood by me. The Lord stood with me. That's an expression he would also use in his last letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17, the Lord with him. The Lord with him, notice this, in the night seasons, in the difficulty, I love this expression, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. He's reminding himself and rehearsing to them who he belongs to. He belongs to the Lord, and the Lord belongs to him. Friend, I want to tell you, God will come to you. God will speak to you. You make sure you belong to him. You make sure that you're in his will. And if you can honestly say, whose I am and whom I serve, then you can rest in the presence of Almighty God. So there's good cheer, first of all, in God's presence. Secondly, there's good cheer in God's promises because he says in verse 25, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. You see, a believer can actually live and react in unbelief. Uh, Faith is a choice. Faith is a muscle. It must be used. It must be exercised. You must exercise your faith in God. The just shall live by his faith. So are you living by faith today? In the middle of your storm, are you confidently saying, I believe God? God is going to keep his word. God is going to keep his promises. Root your faith today, not in your feelings, which change, by the way, but in the unchanging word of the eternal God, in the divine promises. 
For feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. My hope is in the word of God. Not else is worth believing. Faith looks at the word. Fear looks at the world. Fear concentrates on the circumstances. Faith concentrates on the God who is above all and through all. So there is good cheer in God's promises. Remember this, even when God speaks, it doesn't necessarily mean the situation all changes immediately. In fact, we'll pick up here next time in verse 26. He says, how be it we must be cast upon a certain island. Uh, God's promise didn't change the fact that they were in a storm. It didn't change the fact a shipwreck was going to come. It didn't immediately change the circumstances. Oh, but I love this. Even when the storm is not yet passed, we have an anchor. We walk by faith and not by sight. Friend, you don't have to wait till the circumstances get better and this blows over to have the Lord's joy and good cheer. You can rejoice in the Lord today because God is with you and God will always keep his word. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee and it is impossible for God to lie. You find your good cheer today in God's presence and in God's promise. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why enjoying the journey exists to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ. Christ.